This is Midlife Whatever, the podcast that examines how Gen Xers, Xennials, and older millennials are navigating midlife differently than our ancestors. On today's inaugural episode of the podcast, I talked to my friend Jay. I chose Jay to be my first guest because of the joy that he brings to any space he occupies. Jay and I met over 10 years ago in Bangkok. We were part of the same crew of fun, as I like to call it. He and his husband would keep us laughing until we cried. Jay is also a phenomenal cook and dinner party host. He is a gay Thai man who is thriving by living as his authentic self. Please welcome Jay. I'd first like to start by saying my preferred pronouns are she, her. If you could state your preferred pronouns when you introduce yourself, that would be great. Hi, Kelly and everyone listening. It's Jay and my preferred pronouns are he and him. Welcome, Jay. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Can you tell us where you're calling from? So at the moment, we're, me and my husband, we're in a resort town, Krabi, in the south of Thailand, and it's wonderful here. I think all of our listeners will be sufficiently envious because we would all like to be in Krabi right now, or at least I would. (laughs) It's so lovely to talk to you. It is beautiful. I can attest to that. So, Jay, do you remember how we met? Yes. Um, it was, I think it was Grace, one of our friends, Grace, uh, dinner party or housewarming party at, yes. at her apartment. And there were a bunch of people there. It was wild and, and fun. I remember I was so drunk and I said something kind of like looking back. It was like, mm, this, this probably shouldn't be the first thing that you mentioned to the people you just met. <laughs> It's, you know, if you remember it, you can say it because this podcast, we're allowed to swear and say whatever okay. we want. Okay, I remember it. I think I we were kind of drunk and then I mentioned that I like pink nipples. Yes! <laughs> and then you said, right. and then you said that, so do I. <laughs> and then you said, like, then we're just, we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> yes, that sounds, that sounds exactly right. Like that, that tracks. <laughs> So now the listener knows the type of rapport that we have and how much fun we had. So listener, I lived in Bangkok for a total of almost five years. And Jay and his group of friends, uh, they were one of the highlights of my time spent living there. Wow, thank you. We love you. We love having you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to uh, tell everybody that One of the reasons I chose to interview Jay is because of his coming out story with his family. So Jay, can you tell us a little bit about... And or it's just something that you kind of like, because back then, um, if you were gay, what people perceive, what the perception, people's perception of gay people are like very drag queen or outgoing or like, you know, very effeminate kind of, you know, like, like, that's like only one concept of what a gay person is back then or -hmm. if you are a lesbian then you would be like super bushed so there's no like it's it's there's no acknowledgement of spectrum in other words so Mm -hmm. it became like a it is a scandal and it's something that people would pick on you i'm pretty sure it's probably easy Mm -hmm. yeah and but but now things are more open People are more, there's more acceptance and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, so there, there are things like that. And I would like anyone who hasn't, any foreigner who hasn't been to Thailand, I should say Western European or 
American, Canadian, foreigner who hasn't been to Thailand, there's a perception among some white foreigners that Thailand is this anything goes type of place. But in my experience, the Thai cultural value of saving face gets conflated in the Western eyes. So a lot of Westerners, especially Western men, may go to Thailand thinking, oh, I can get away with anything there. But in fact, the Thais are silently judging you for your ridiculous behavior and that perception. So I would just like to put that out there. They're just saving face for you. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. It's kind of like, um, yeah, it's kind of like hatch hatch and it's kind of um, uh, um, anything goes in a way, like, because we have like this saying, like, sabai sabai, it means like we just mm-hmm. chill with whatever. Yeah. But but that doesn't mean that they won't talk behind your back or you know exactly. like exactly yeah and and saving face is is a is a one it's a big thing mm-hmm. like it's a, for example like anything that has to do with scandal like that can be scandalized that they you know being gay is one of them. So I would love for you to tell the listener when did you first realize that you were gay? Um, I guess I kind of knew like from the get-go, but um, but because of my situation, and uh, I'm, I'm like the, the oldest son in the oldest, and the oldest son of the, the whole family on, on my, both my parents' side and my mother's side, my, both of my parents' side. So, so, and my dad is Chinese, so Thai Chinese is have a thing about, you know, like having a, a son. So it's like a thing, so, um, so with that being in my situation, I feel like I, I, I can't be gay and it would be something bad because I get teased a lot when I was younger. So I knew I was, I knew that I was probably gay, but I didn't really accept it. And then I kind of like, you know, being in the closet, you know, for until, until like I got in college. That's when I kind of like, you know what? Um, oh, you know, no. And then because with me trying to, you know, be straight, right? But I went to all boys school. Oh, man. So, I, <laughs> so, so I, I don't have an experience. So I thought that maybe I, I'm straight because I just don't really get a chance to be with a girl. And then um, in high school, we have, we have girls in class now and I have a crutch on this person, you know, and then, you know, trying to follow people around anyway um but it it was just be it was just more like a thing that you do to prove that you're not gay but i genuinely like that person as a friend yeah but but i kind of like kept on doing that and then i got to college and then because i oh in thai school we had to like cut our hair really short like a military so i was really awkward so after I got out of my high this, school, hold on one I second. grew my Listener, hair long. Jay has very long, beautiful hair. So just putting that out there. Continue. <laughs> so yeah, so when I got to college, I get to grow. I, I get to. I got to grow my hair long at the way I want, and then I starting to you know be more confident, and then I have like girls following me around. I was in a band, and then then I I I had a crush on this girl because you know she sings uh, she follows me around and I sing and then we went out for a while and then we be 
we were a couple for like two years. And during that time, I felt like, oh, I have this sexual feeling towards her too. So I thought, oh, maybe I'm not gay. Maybe I'm just bi. You know, maybe like, oh, I can, mm -hmm. maybe I'm just, you know, I can just be bi and I don't have to be gay. And then, be, you know, and then it took me a couple of years to kind of like, you know what, you're gay. You're just horny. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that happens to, I think, so many queer kids and yeah. teens and early 20-somethings because we don't have an outlet for that sexuality, but we are horny, right? And it's so yeah. we, we don't feel safe to express it in the way that we want to. So we end up going out with the opposite sex. To me, like, it, I would, you know, like, I grew up in the um, in the '90s, like that's when I come become more of myself. But then, but it was still kind of know that it's probably better to be bi than be gay. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. that's what society was taught. It's like back then, if you were bi or anything not gay, you you'd be like, no, you're just lying. You just mm -hmm. want to save face, kind of like that. So, so I thought I was bi for a while, and then. And then I, I had my first sexual experience with a guy when I was in second year of college. And then I'm like, nope, I'm pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So, so And yeah. I remember you talking about a song, a specific song and a moment and a lyric and a song that just helped with your awakening. Could you tell us about that? Oh, yes. Um, so um, I just mentioned the 90s because that's when I like get, got into like you know, like really into music and I started to listen to music a lot. And one of my all-time favorite singers is Darren Hayes. He is a, used to be, a, you know, one half of the band called Savage Garden. And one of their songs that like really hit me hard was um, Affirmation. Um, there was uh, lyrics in uh, the lyrics. There was part of it says that um, I believe that I believe you can't control or choose your sexuality. That that one line, it hits me so hard. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he's right. Like, you can't. It's just what you are born with. This is what you're just, what makes you you. So that's when I kind of like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to embrace it. Because I think the song came out around 98. That's about mm -hmm. the time when I, you know, that I really came out to my some of my friends. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Fantastic. It's Go music is so, <laughs> yeah, it's so inspiring. Music is so, so inspiring on so many levels. So once you realized that you were, nope, I'm totally gay. Did you come out to your friends and family or just your friends or how did that play out? Uh, I think it's still a while. It's still like a couple of like six months before I came out to anyone else except for the person that I was having sex with at that time. And um, but I came that I came out to myself that time. But I haven't. I I talked to a few of my friends. Uh, I talked to Max. I talked to um, my brother. He was the only one in the family that that I came out to. And then he was like, Yeah, I kind of knew. <laughs> and that changed not and then he said then that change is nothing I'm like so I thought that was really nice of him to say that yeah um, that's great yeah but I haven't came out to my parents uh, until like 
long, 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 long after that. We'll we'll get to that. We're, yeah. We'll get to that story because that's the critical part of this podcast. So when you came out to your brother and your friends, how did that feel for your your mind and your body? Um for my friends uh and my brothers, um I felt like it, it was a little bit more liberating. Like I felt like I I don't have to hide, I don't have to lie, I don't have to um I don't have to pretend. Mm-hmm. But not that I'm pretending, but uh, you know, like I can just show them what I am. I there's I don't have to filter anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, that... but and most of them are kind of like yeah, we kind of knew. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was yeah. yeah, it was nice. Um, but but I think like um, the thing that eated me up the most was like when you when you were not true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, you're not happy with yourself, you know? How did that... So, since it took a while to come out to your parents, how did that affect, before you came out to them, how did that affect how you showed up in your professional and personal life to other people? That is a hard question to ask, uh, to answer, because um, I kind of act the way I normally act anyway for me it's mm-hmm. not like the the what pe- uh it's not like the out outside of the body experience it's like for, for me it's more like uh I don't know how to say it in English um it was more about like the thing that happens in within you so um mm-hmm. in other words like I I act to the people at work the same way when I was still in the closet and now okay so it's kind of like I don't, cause uh, um, I don't, I'm I'm not like a very, I can pass for being straight, if I you know if I try easily I, I don't I don't cause I don't have like the mannerism of the, I'm not as flamboyant not that being informed mm-hmm. is bad but it's just that's just not my personality, I'm very kind of like chill. So yes, so it's kind of like the same, so it's kind of mm-hmm. the same so. Even when 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 I'm with my parents, it's still the same. Like, um, even you just couldn't tell them about yeah. your love life or boyfriends. Right, right. Was that difficult to keep that from them? Here's the thing: it was not difficult at all because we kind of don't talk about it. <laughs> ah, so even if you were dating a woman or if you were straight, you wouldn't talk about. Yeah, I don't that share my anyway. deep personal feelings with my parents like some I don't know like I think it's uh, I like the relationship it is the way it is you know like I the deep feelings I share with my husband or with my friends but with your parents so you want them to be your parents and yeah. have that good boundary yeah that's a nice boundary yeah. to have what well first of all I I don't think the listeners know what you do so what what do you do Jay Oh, I'm I'm a vocal coach. Uh, I teach people how to sing. I work with the, in the entertainment industry in Thailand. Uh, I train um, Thailand's pop stars. It's I just have to throw in this anecdote. So one night we were out with Jay and his husband, and <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this, Jay, but we I think we ate dinner and then we went to a gar a beer garden or some kind of garden bar in Sukhumvit. And 
we ran into someone you knew and he introduced you to his friends as the Simon Cowell of Thailand. And so I just want to throw that out there for our our global listeners um, who don't quite understand what exactly Jay does. So he's, he's, he's done some, he's coached some pretty impressive singers over the years. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm quite fortunate with, with my career and uh, I love my job and yeah, I'm not a celebrity or anything but I know a lot of them. (laughs) Yes. So do you think that being in that industry, because let's be honest, it's a, it's an industry full of gay men. Do you think being in that industry has allowed you to feel more comfortable as a gay Thai man, as opposed to if you became a banker or worked in, a traditionally male-dominated heterosexual Def- de- male definitely. industry. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, definitely, it's easier to because I feel like it's a there are more people that are like you in this yes. in this industry, so it, it you don't feel as incriminating as if were you to mm-hmm. be in the military or you know things like that. Yeah. So Which there are gay people in the military; they just can't be out about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's easier, and 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 there's also a lot of um, um, spectrum of people in the industry. So you you meet you get a lot you get to meet a lot of uh, interesting and beautiful people. So I want I would love to hear what prompted you to come out to your very traditional Thai parents. And how how that played out and how you felt right before you came out to them and how you felt after you came out to them. So um, so the backstory is that my parents are very liberal and very like, I, you know, like they're kind of like hippies. I think they're kind of like very chill. And then so because they're kind of like when I, for example, like if I were to, I live in Bangkok. And they live in Chiang Mai, so whenever I come and visit them, um, they're like, "Yeah, just go see your friends. Don't, don't, you know, just come see it whenever you want." They're like, they're so chill about it. They don't like you gotta be mm-hmm. at our house and blah 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 at all times. They're kind of like, you just do whatever your things. Just come see us when when we're free. So that was so taking that. That's 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 their attitude, right? And then um, I've been seeing my husband for about seven years before we got married. And so there are many vacations and trips that that Mark and I went together and we went to see my parents in Chiang Mai multiple times. We kind of assume that they know, okay? And um, when, when, when I got engaged, I was in San Francisco at that time and I had, you know, some drinks and, and I was with our friends, our friends, um, Matt and Steve, um, who actually wound up uh, officiated our weddings. Anyway, um, so I told I told them like they were the first because because they were one of the first few people that knew about the engagement because we went to visit them and they were like, "Oh, Jay, this is so wonderful!" So we went out for a drink, and then Steve told me like, "So um, have you told your parents yet?" I said, "Well, not really. I haven't told them." I said. He said, why? I said, what? And then he asked me why. And then they said, like, well, because I haven't really 
come out to them yet, but I kind of assume that they know. So I don't know because that's kind of new to me, right? It's, you know, like this is like a day mm-hmm. after you got engaged. And then he was like, "Oh, Jay, you gotta do it. They gotta know you. This is something that you cannot not tell." Mm-hmm. You know. And then with the power of wine, I sent. Uh, <laughs> I sent the engagement photos, and you know, to our family chat group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I was kind of drunk and tipsy. Yeah, and then um, and then the first response I got from my parents was like, "What?" And then I got the long text, and then they said, "Like, um, can you not get married? Can you guys just live together?" Oh wow! How did and that then, feel when they said that? Oh my god, I never I never felt so rejected and shocked mm-hmm. and sad in my life. I I cried. I was like, the moment the you know like the next moment you're so happy. Mm-hmm. And then just the power of that little text. I was devastated. I was like, I went to bed crying that night because yeah. I'm like, and you know, I was a grown man. I was in, I was like in my mid thirties at that time. So I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, I, I I just couldn't believe that they would say that. I I thought that they knew, right? So mm-hmm. I just I just I just did that, just you know, like so that they could. Participate, right? And, people see um, what they want to see. I've, as yeah. queer people, we notice all, almost every queer person knows the sec- this societal secret that people only see what they want to see. The same thing. I had a very similar coming out story to one side of my family, and it was the rejection and the reaction was so shocking to me. Not shock, yeah, shocking. I will say, I felt that rejection as well. So it, it was they, they weren't they weren't trying to be mean about it, but they no. were just kind of like it's that's what you said about saving face, because in their head, if you're gonna get married, then you're gonna have to invite your friends, and mm-hmm. to invite your friends to see your gay son married, marrying his uh, farang husband, you know, white mm-hmm. white husband, it's uh, it's something that's kind of. I don't think they're prepared for it. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, it 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 was. I felt so rejected. I, I felt really sad for a couple of weeks. It took me a while to kind of like get, get got over it. And um, I don't remember how exactly we can that we kind of like patched things up. But but I invited them to my weddings, but they didn't come. Oh, how did that yeah. feel? It felt. I felt really bad, but. But but they didn't. The reason for them not coming was not that they're not approval of it. But mm-hmm. I think it. I think it was just kind of like um, a little bit inconvenience for them. Mm-hmm. They said like, "Why don't you guys come and then we'll go take a trip or do some little ce- celebration, just like you know, in our family, because they live in Chiang Mai, and then at that time my parents had many dogs and they can't get away for many days because the dogs that they have. <laughs> anyway, but. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, but they they weren't being mean about it, and and I remember, you know what? It's probably easier for them to not come because um, my brother came, but because you 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 know, like my friends, our friends are very international, and my parents mm-hmm. don't speak English, and then they fell out of place, so that was one of the reason that they didn't want to come. So I was like, mm-hmm. I was fine with this because we ended up having like three weddings, 
three yes. three little parties in three different locations. So, and um, and I don't remember how exactly like we, you know, we kind of like don't talk about it. And I'm I'm I, they... I, was, I was just kind of like yeah, this is us, whatever. I mean, you you can choose to acknowledge or not acknowledge or whatever. Up to you. So like, do they now? Do they accept? Do they accept? Or I guess they must accept. Do they? Do you travel with, or do they acknowledge Mark? Oh yeah. How does what's yeah, that relationship I mean, it, now? It, it took them like not not long. I, I think that they felt really. They feel really bad. Oh, you know what? I think my brother talked to them about it. About told them how upset I was, and I think that, I think that they felt really bad about it because you know their reaction wasn't whatever. But. We didn't. We didn't have a heart-to-heart conversation, or maybe if we did, I probably blocked it out of my head. I don't know because mm-hmm. you know it, it's not something that I want to remember. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I think I maybe I compartmentalized it out of my head. I don't know. I don't remember for real. But we're super cool. They're super cool now. Like they're like, "How's Mark doing? How's um? Are you coming? You know." So it's all good. That's nice to have an ally, especially have your brother be your ally and your advocate so you don't have to deal with that because it's difficult. One thing that I've noticed in my life is that when we put the responsibility of this on the, the person in the minority, like the sexual minority or the racial minority, it puts so much more emotional stress on them. So it's really nice that you had your brother to be there for you. Yeah, I think I'm grateful for him for that. And and yeah, I think I'm not sure exactly that's what it happens, but I think it's that's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah but 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 I think you're right about because um, I'm like, why should we have to be the one that have to do all of this? talking or reaching out or like asking you to accept me who I am you know mm-hmm. so I mean it's um yeah but but at that time it's I was I was hurt and I was disappointed and the fact that I was like the breadwinner of the family too and I'm like I thought mm-hmm. it'd be like hey I'm like I'm the one that brings in all the money to pay for all the houses and stuff you know, it's like um, so. I thought at that time, I thought I thought like I was like the head of the family because my parents are retired, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I support them, I support my brothers, I support his family and stuff. So I thought that I, I thought like they wouldn't say something like that to me. So the fact that they did say that, it, it kind of like. But anyway, we got we gone through it, and um, I learned that it's easier and it's better to not hold any ill feelings about things that happened mm-hmm. if you can because if it's something that you can control you can compartmentalize it you can kind of like just choose to forget about it because it mm-hmm. don't really do you any good because if i talk about it then i feel like i should be mad at my parents for not do this and this and this at that point of that time it's uh i feel like it won't do it anything anyone any good so i think if folk better focus the energy on the yeah on the good and things now, in a, yeah exactly impermanence they they met you with the how they were able to 
they responded with how they were able to at that time. Yeah. But since then they've grown exactly, and they're lovely and you have a wonderful relationship with them. And Mark is in their life as well. I am fully embracing this idea of impermanence, especially as it relates to emotions at this point in my life. I wasn't always like this, but I totally agree. Don't, don't dwell on that. Don't have a heart of uh, revenge or holding a grudge. Yeah. Because I agree. They love you. Your parents. Yeah. It's like many people are still holding resentment Mm -hmm. towards one thing that uh, whoever that did something to them for, for any of the younger or LGBTQ plus people that are rejected by their family. Mm-hmm. Maybe just for that moment of time, and then they still hold grudges, and I feel like it won't do anyone any good. Like it's just kind of like better to just, just you know, bury it, move Let on, it focus on the thing. <laughs> yeah, for real. I think uh, mm-hmm. some someone's wife says something about like focus on the thing that you can control. Mm-hmm. Like you can control how other people think, you can control how other people react to some certain things but you can control on what you feel and what you want to do about it. Yes, I so agree. I think that's, that's kind of like why that grammar. is wise. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Excellent advice. <clears throat> so you previously told me that you began to flourish after you came out. Can you tell us what you mean what you meant by how you've like how did you flourish what did that look like for you yeah so um so a little bit of a long story but i i mentioned earlier that i grew up in a school and i was like a nobody i was like a geek i was uh i was just trying to please everyone i was just trying to follow make friends i have friends in the choir i have friends that i play basketball with i have friends that i play volleyball with so i'm always like running around trying to you know fit in love to these little groups. I like all of my friends back then, but I felt like I was like always the, the odd one out until I got to college. That's when I'm like starting to have a little bit more of self-confidence and that has to do with appearance too. You know, like I, I, get, I grew my hair long. I was in a band and I got girls following me around, giving me flowers and candies at, at you know, every little concert and show that I did back then. So I felt a little bit more confident about myself. So I'm, I'm like, you know what? I don't need to, I don't need to have to follow people around. I just do what I want with the people that wants to hang out with me. You know, like so it became a little bit more like I, I took charge more of what I wanted to do. And I, I was at that time I wanted to become a singer. I wanted to, I'm, I was a singer, but I, at that time I wanted to get like a recording contract and you know work in the industry. Anyway, so. So that kind of like got into the part where I discovered that, you know what, you're gay and you're, you like who, um, you, you like guys, you like to have sex with them and you fall in love with them, you know, like, so that's when I accept myself, you know, like that's when I came out to myself first. And, and that had a lot to do with my self-confidence because I'm like, you know what, um, I won't, I'm not going to do the bullshitting. I'm just going to be what I want to do and I'm just going to focus on my energy on my music career and that kind of led me into 
where I am because I'm like I before when I was younger I, I'm not confident I'm always like mm-hmm. I have to be with a group I have to belong somewhere or I would feel lost mm-hmm. and and the the moment that I accept accepted who I was internally I think it does a lot to my everything else and so and I kind of like so instead of like spending half of my energy trying to hide this part of me from people that I know I can just spend my energy on the things that really matters like my career my passion you know things like that so yeah and so how now that you are in your 40s ah how do you see this or I should ask do you feel that it is liberating to be your authentic self, following your career passion, living your sexuality authentically, do you feel that's that just gives you complete freedom? Yes. For example, like when I was younger, I probably wouldn't hold my husband's hands in public or kiss him when I see him, even in mm-hmm. Thailand. But now, like when I, like when I come home from work. Oh no! When when we go on a date, but I have to meet him at the restaurant, I would just go see him. I would just kiss him, in a just in the restaurant. Like I wouldn't care what people think. You know, that's like it. It feels like so good to do that. Mm-hmm. To be able to do that, yeah. That's that's excellent. So, is there any advice that you would give someone who is coming out, either in their let's say in their thirties or forties, um, to their family, uh, what advice would you give someone like that? I assume that the person came out to themselves already. So if that's the case, I would say, (laughs) I would say that, um, don't expect people to respond a certain way that you want them to respect and be prepared to be let down and also be prepared to be ready to move on over it too. That's excellent advice. It's um, if you're lucky, they'll be like, "Yeah, we kind of knew. We love you the same. That's great." But if they have a bad reaction or if they cannot accept you for who you are exactly, then you can choose what you want to do with that information. You can choose to be angry at them, or you can just compartmentalize and move you can on. Just from like that. okay, and move on. Um, yeah, it's um. I think I watched the show on Netflix, uh, Queer Eyes. Um, yes. One of the guy, Komodo, his name, is it um, the black guy? Yeah, he says something really good about like, I'm in my space. Karamo, about- Karamo. Karamo, yes. In, in, I'm in the house. When I- and he said, don't like the word coming out. Like, it's like, it's more like letting people in. You can choose oh. to come in or not. It's, it's up to you. And you know what? I watched that episode. I'm like, oh my God. That's why you get paid so much money. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying in. like all the right thing. Yeah, it's it's in your control. When you come out, like it's like he says something like it's like the control is not within you, but letting people in. Whether or not they choose to come in, then it's their choice. But our choice is to let people in. And you know what? That is one of the best TV moments that I had in years watching that's fantastic. Yeah, that really that, I, I love yeah. that show as an aside. <laughs> uh, well, Jay, 
Thank you so much. Oh, one more thing. Is there any, are there any passion projects or singing projects that you would like to promote to the listener? Anything like that going on in your life? Um, <laughs> um, okay, now it's a, a, a time to sell my music, right? <laughs> yeah, um, of I've course. Been, um, I've been working on, on some, of my, uh, some of my original songs, and I've been writing songs for other people, for myself, you know, over, like, for a long time, but I feel like, you know what, I'm 40s, I'm in my 40s. Why not just do it, like, for real, like, professionally? So I'm, I'm recording my music. Um, my single will be out in a couple of weeks and uh, you can check it out Jay Viriano on all social media and stuff you'll, you'll hear about it so yeah I'll link so it uh, I'll link it for sure I'm pretty excited about it so I just listened to the the master of one of the songs last night it was really good that is so so exciting and I can't wait to hear it so well Jay thank you so much I really appreciate having you on the podcast and I look forward to talking to you more. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. It's uh, I'm so honored to be your guest. And uh, as you already know that we love you and part of, part of me becoming me is like to learn from all of our friends and you, you know, were one of the friends that make a good impact on my life. So, yeah. Thank you, Jay.